Gracious greetings in Jesus Christ. You're tuned in this morning to Moments of Assurance Weekend here on Worldwide KFUO, the messenger of good news. Glad to have you along. I'm Pastor Mark Hawkinson. Well, how are you when it comes to witnessing of Christ to others? Ah, you think, well, I can't do that. Only pastors are trained to do that. But no, you and I, everyone, all Christians are called to be ambassadors for Christ, uh, at least, and invite others to a Bible class or to a worship service. You meet and greet a number of people every day, friends, Working associates, your neighbors, relatives, you know. A Sunday school teacher once told of a session in which she had been talking about the gospel with her class. And she had told the children, look, if you believe that Jesus died for your sins, you'll have everlasting life. You'll go to heaven. And there was a little girl in the front of the class who thought about it for a while. And finally, she said to her teacher, you know, I do believe that. But teacher, if that's so, why don't I just die right now and go straight to heaven? Why am I here? Good question. Why are you where you are today? The answer, it is so that the water of life, the good news about Jesus, that refreshing water might well up inside of you and overflow and splash across you into the lives of others you meet and greet from day to day. It's just that simple. And that's serious as well. The Apostle Paul once wrote, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his entreaty through us. Well, how about you today? Is his entreaty coming through to other people from you? Well, a look today at the master evangelist, Jesus Christ himself, uh, to see if I can learn and you can learn from him. See what he did in a conversation Uh, with a woman of Samaria that had come to get water. In John chapter 4, it says, And he had to pass through Samaria, so he came to a town called Sychar, near the field, that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, weary as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. And it was about the sixth hour, so depending on John's reckoning of time, the hour may be noon or it may be 6 a.m. So here's what occurred. It seems that a woman from Samaria came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, Well, how is it that you, a Jew, Ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman. And in the Bible, in parentheses, it says, For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him. And he would have given you living water. Wow. What a neat segue. For Jesus to use, he just inserted one word in witnessing to this Samaritan woman. See, the fact that normally there was no association between the Jews and the Samaritans, that's an attention getter enough. But add into the mix, add to that, the word that Jesus placed in that sentence, the word living. Hey, it's really a bridge word that connects the water that you and I drink with the water that is eternal. 
That's a masterful touch to this conversation. That's a touch that will pay off for this woman in the end. And the woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Okay, so this woman's curiosity is definitely perked, you have to admit. She comes on a regular basis, even on a very hot day, to dry water. And here's this man, Jesus, who gets her attention with just one word, living. That's it. So in the conversation, this woman comes back to him and says, Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock? I mean, the woman was really wondering at this point. She was surprised, certainly, by what Jesus said, but in no way did she yet think that he was somehow greater than their father Jacob. And Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And you can just see the cogs, the wheels turn in this woman's mind. <laughs> the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. So this Samaritan woman is using pure logic here. She didn't necessarily get the point yet about eternal life. But she logically deduces that, well, if she were to possess this living water that Jesus is talking about, she wouldn't have to go to the effort to carry those heavy water jars. Oh, but now something not so good happens as far as this woman is concerned because Jesus hits her with the law. Really, it is good. But to her at the time, it didn't seem that way. It is what she needed at the time. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband, and come here. And the woman answered him, Well, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, You are right in saying that I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you say is true. Okay, so this woman now is really starting to wonder about Jesus. First, he talks about being able to give her living water, and then he reveals that he knows her past. And so she's asking, who is this man? Sir, she said, I perceive that you're a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain over here. But you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Well, the Samaritan woman was referring to Mount Gerizim, where according, according to Josephus, the Samaritans had built a temple in the 4th century B.C. And Jesus said, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is of the Jews. Well, what Jesus meant is that the Messiah himself had to be from the tribe of Judah. And Jesus continues by telling her, But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. 
God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Meaning, very simply, true worship is not a matter of geographical location, not on Mount Gerizim or Jerusalem. It's a matter of the Holy Spirit working in a person's heart. The Holy Spirit works to convert people from death unto life. That's when true worship happens. So this woman is, well, she's probably feeling after that answer from Jesus, you know, (laughs) she's feeling just a little bit put down, and she's definitely not winning in this conversation. I know, she said, that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he'll explain everything to us. Now get this, and Jesus responded, I who speak to you am he. Wow. That's the master evangelist at work. He starts with one word, the word living. He calls out her sin with the five husbands, and then he reveals the true answer in himself. And there's evidence that she believed it. Here's what occurred. Just then, His disciples came back, and they marveled that he was talking with a woman. But not one of them said, What do you seek, or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Okay. There's evidence that Faith is coming out of those words. Could this be the Christ? She's thinking that he is. And they went out of the town and were coming to him. So a lot of people then started coming to Jesus as a result of this woman's witness. Indeed, Jesus was, and of course is, the master evangelist. He took something that he had in common with this woman, namely water, And all he did was to add one word to it, the word living. Indeed, that word living clinched it. It caught her attention. It caused her to start to wonder and to ask, who in the world anyway is this Jesus? You know, there are a lot of people in this world who are asking that very same question. Who exactly is this Jesus? Jesus of Nazareth anyway. And how do I get to know him? Is he truly the way to everlasting life? Or is there possibly some other route that a person can go on? Well, of course, Jesus is clear on that one. He's the one who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. That's the answer right there. Jesus is the answer. He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live, and he who lives and believes in me will never die. Watch the master evangelist at work here in John chapter 4. He identifies with the woman. He said, give me a drink. That coupled them together right away. And all he did was add one word, the word living. That caught her attention. He pointed out her sin. And that was uh, what got her wondering about this man who knew all about her. And then he simply revealed himself to her. 
as someone who witnesses about Jesus Christ, your job is to invite them to a worship service or to a Bible class so they can hear the pastor reveal Jesus Christ to them. Or you can do it. You can do it yourself. You have the conviction and the ability by the power of the Holy Spirit to simply say Jesus is the answer. Come to church with me and you'll hear more about it. Don't delay. Invite them today while there's still time. The Apostle Paul once wrote, Brethren, the time is short. You know, that was over 2,000 years ago. So the question can be asked, just how short is the time now? The scriptures are clear. There's no other name given among men by which we must be saved. There's no other name but Jesus. And there's no time like the present to get that message out. As one author has written, Oh, may it not be said of us what Wu Ting Fang said of Christians in this country. I met Christian missionaries in China, this lady said, and became impressed with their religion. When my country sent me as its ambassador to America, I made up my mind to become a Christian and join the first Christian church that asked me. I have been here three years. No one has asked me. Now I shall not come. Please don't let that happen to someone with whom you have contact with. Invite them to eternity. Somebody once said, when I enter the mansions of heaven and the saved all around me appear, I want to have someone come up to me and say, it was you who invited me here. It was you who invited me here. Invite someone today, won't you? I'm Pastor Mark Hawkinson. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Peace that passes all understanding. May it guard your hearts and minds in and through Christ Jesus. Join me for the regular moments of assurance heard throughout the weekday over the noontime hour. You've been listening to Moments of Assurance with Pastor Mark Hawkinson. You can email Pastor Hawkinson at mark.hawkinson at kfuo.org. That's mark.hawkinson at kfuo.org. Hear Moments of Assurance weekdays at noon on Worldwide KFUO, the messenger of good news.